that we reach out is an outreach ministry. But you see, let me just explain this. Many people were saying, when would Youth Revival become a church? You can't call yourself a church. You must be sent forth as a church. So what happened is that the way we may have fought before was not the ways of God. But then there'll be a pastor Toby that will say, okay, now there'll be a COD church, a post church, a connect church, an elite church. So let me explain this for those that are confused. You're hearing it from here. Youth revival from today is under COD. That does not do away with youth revival. There'll just be a new method of how we move. It's an outreach ministry of COD. Are you here with me? So that's done. No more explanations. But listen to me, guys. So what God is up to in this generation, I've just been sitting. I've been listening to Pastor Toby. Many of you, if you watch me, see the stance that Pastor Kevin has now. That's the way I sit when Pastor Toby is speaking. Because it's no longer me looking at a man. I praise God every day I walk into service because he has allowed me to discern who Pastor Toby really is. If I look long enough, I will obtain what is on him. He is the word of God in this generation. The word of God is a person. I have to keep drumming this into your spirit. Because you see, what we begin to do from this day as back city will be based that we know where the word of God is. We're not running away looking. We're not going here and there looking for the word of God. Wait, let me just say it like this. How many of you have come from, before you've come to SPAC Nation, or whatever church you're going, if you're going to another church, I pray the Spirit will touch you tonight and you join SPAC City tonight, amen? Amen. I'll explain that later. But let me just say this for one. (laughs) Praise God. But you see, let me, let me, if I, let's move on from that. Let's move on from that. So, I've been watching Pastor Toby these last few weeks. And I've been speaking with those close to me. And when we begin to see the journey or what has been said or what's been happening, especially since the end of August to now, Spat Nation has moved years ahead of itself. Spat Nation is now the answer to many people's prayers. The revival that the people of old has been crying for, revival has come. But you see the thing about revival, revival will stay hidden to the multitude as God is still building the leadership. Because not everyone can take a nation. It's only soldiers that takes the nation. Then the rest of them will just be the plunder of taking over a certain nation. Now why am I saying all of this? I've been watching PT. I've been listening to him. I've been telling those close to me, I've been saying, listen, in this season, service will buy your seat. I've been saying in this season, pray that the Lord increase the measure of word that you're able to intake. I've been saying this. From before Pastor Tunde came, I've been praying this. Lord, increase the measure of word. Increase the fire. Because you see, should we ever, listen to me, I'm saying these things and I'm repeating for a specific reason that if we are to take a nation is if we have the word of God with us. So anyway, I was listening to Pastor Toby, looking at everything and I said, I think I was talking to Pastor Indidi the other day and I was saying, you see, and Pastor Oni said it today, left to me, 
I will enjoy and I will be happy. And this is sincere from my heart. I will be happy sitting under Pastor Toby every day listening to him speak. I think I told Pastor Toby the other day, the more you preach, the more discouraged I become to preach. Because there's no amount of study that will get you the revelation that he speaks. So I'd rather stay with a man that's already obtained access into the realm of the spirit like he has, rather than trying to use head knowledge to win a crowd. Many people have heard people speak God's word. And you will ask yourself, why hasn't it changed your life? I, I'm sorry to say this, but I always say, have you ever thought Pastor Toby came to this country at 25? And when he came, listen to me, when he came, he came with just a shirt, trousers, slippers, and I believe like about 50 pounds with him. In less than 10 years, he completely turned his story around and the story of hundreds, thousands of people. I'm 25. This is not me insulting my mother or my dad. If I'm 25, it means that they've sat in this country for at least 25 years, right? And they're still struggling to change their family around. A man who grabbed hold of God's word was able to take a whole nation without having a governmental position because the word of God is the government are you listening to me but wait 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 so I started to watch Pastor Toby I started to listen to him I know listen to me I am not let me be honest with you guys because when Pastor Onye said today that he believes that we should be called back city that in a nation there must be many cities but one of these cities will be the capital. The capital will be the strength of that nation. All decisions will be made from that place. I looked at Paul City, I looked at COD, and I realized the position that God has set us in is a very honorable position, yet it's a lot of responsibility. So you see tonight, what I wanted to speak to you about or what I believe that the Lord has impressed in my heart, I've realized certain things that accompanies people when they hear of a new change. And I sat with some of the young boys around me and I began to speak to them about this. Because if on the 2nd of December and the 9th of December we're now going to be officially churches running on a Sunday, I need to realize through scripture what is required of me and you in order for us to take the nation. Wait, let me just start with this. I hope you do know that this is not a joke. You do know that this is not fun and games. You do know that the thing or the people that God sacrificed himself for, he's now saying, I can entrust them with you. I hope you do know that God has said from the beginning that he does not judge anyone according to their appearance. He judges according to the heart. Which means I can dress like a pastor. I can speak like a pastor. But God bypasses all of this, which is the only form of communication to another man. And he looks at the heart, the one that no one else can hear. And you see, that is why he will bypass a man that had so much structure like Saul who 
looked the part of a king and go to a little boy called David who was a shepherd's boy because he knew his heart he knew that he can take this nation I will start off by saying today and I want to speak to you in this manner because if we're going to take the nation it is not going to be something done by fluke it will be very deliberate you're not here with me tonight okay so we will see so I started to listen I started to watch Pastor Toby and I was telling Pastor Indidi the other day I think I get it now I think I've caught it you know the disciples and this is not where I'm going but I need to share this with you so that you understand the disciples listen to me the disciples will walk with Christ they were introduced to Christ as they were introduced to Christ they spent three years under training they were prophesied over that you will become apostles this work that you see me doing I'm doing it temporarily you will take it to the next stage in the course of their training listen to me the disciples acquired or they received they obtained authority that belonged to Christ it was not yet their authority you will understand where we stand right now Spac City you will understand right now that what happened is that when the Bible says that God will send them two by two into villages to speak the gospel Christ will say to them go and lay hands upon the sick and they will be healed raise the dead cast out devils do everything you see me doing but I wonder if the disciples realized that it wasn't their authority yet it was an authority that was given to them in other words it was a borrowed authority it was one that will allow someone to function as Christ for a short period of time should they stay obedient to Christ so they were walking they did everything that they've seen Christ do miracles, signs and wonders they preached the message of the kingdom but you see in that time you will see that there will be people like Peter who had so much determination but his determination could not bring him anywhere his determination I'm going somewhere there's a story I'm taking you through tonight his determination would still bring him to a place whereby he would deny Christ three times everything he would see Christ do at the point when he would be challenged beyond his own capacity it would be revealed to not only him but to everyone that he don't have the capacity to do what he was being required to do no listen to me because I think we're still in that season of disciples walking with Christ but soon enough Christ will begin to prompt them he will begin to say to them look soon I'm going to go in fact he even says it's expedient that I go because if I do not go the father will not send the spirit to you he will not send the enabling spirit to you so that you can do the same work no right now you think because I'm a pastor you think that you've arrived you think because I'm a minister I've arrived I'm an evangelist I've arrived because I know one two revelations I've arrived you don't understand that that's still borrowed authority 
It's still authority that you're using for the time being. When God began to say this to me, I said to God, God, every pride in my heart that's made me arrive before my time, Lord, take it away. And that's why on that basis, I'll be able to know that anyone that comes next to me, I know I'm not superior to them. There's no one individual here. Because you see, in the camp of David, everyone must look like David. No, you don't get it. The battle plan of God is that everyone looks the same. So when PT begins to say that there's a thousand PTs, you know he's already speaking like Christ. Oh, you think that's only David? I think Pastor Tunde told us the other day, or Pastor Toby told us the other day, that when they came to try and take Christ, Judas had to say, the one I kiss is he. Why? Because all of them look the same. It's only in Saul's camp that King Saul is the only king that you can see. So you see, the reason why I begin to speak to you like this is because I'm not trying to be strong and you still be weak. We all have to be on the same page. So that if the nation accidentally come across one of us, it's almost like it came across all of us and he will fall at our hands. But wait... So we start to see, I started to analyze where I am and I started to say, I don't care if no one hears it, I will show you tonight why I'm not going to force you to have the same mindset as me. Because even that will still be carnal. You will have to have the same spirit as me that will make you do and say and act the same way I do. It's not going to be carnal. I say all the time, I'm not the best preacher. But one thing I ask God is that if I speak under the words I say, because it's only then that one will know that you are really with me. Lord, this is not a pretense thing. It's not a joke. I don't care what we've done before. Everything we've done before, youth revival, every single thing we've done before was only training for the proper thing. But you see, at the time when Christ said that the disciples are now ready, the disciples didn't think they were ready. In fact, they were so fearful that they will begin to hide in the upper room. But Christ will be there saying, you are ready to do what I've called you to do. So Pastor Toby will begin to give nuggets. He'll begin to say, I'm sending you out as churches. It almost looks like he's ascending. He's going to another place. We won't see him as much. But when Christ ascended, he left gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. And you know, a lot of people will think that the gifts is just... Um, prophecy and healing and all of that no the gift was himself he separated himself he released faces of himself so you look at pastor Enrique and you see a pastor Toby in him you look at pastor Kevin you see a pastor Toby in him one man separated himself to occupy everyone that followed him so you see in this season God will begin to look and he's looking for a soldier but again many of us can appear to look like a soldier the soldiers he looked for has a certain state of heart God looks for David he looks for the man that looks for him and that man must have a strong desire for the things of God they are not looking for fame Pastor Toby has said it over and over again do you think David was worried where his life would take him to when he was working in the backside? 
No, he just knew that something that he was given responsibility over, he must do it with everything in him. But that's still not where we're going. So it looks like, so why I say all of this is because I look at the season we're in. And in this season, I begin to say to myself, could it be that this talk of the Holy Spirit coming is actually a couple days away from us? Okay, you wouldn't understand until you read the book of John. Christ died, came back, and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Before he died, he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And he breathed upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Then Acts 2 comes along. He's died, he's resurrected, and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, all this time we've been coming to church and the Holy Spirit, we've been saying, receive ye the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. People will shake, people do acrobatics, people will jump just so that they can appear like they've received the Holy Spirit. But you see, that Holy Spirit was only to affirm you as a child. It wasn't the Holy Spirit to give you the power to do ministry. It wasn't. But let me tell you something. Do you know what comes between the Holy Spirit that affirms you as a child and the Holy Spirit that gives you power to do ministry? Trials. Tests. That's what comes in between. Because not everyone can receive this spirit. God must filter out everyone that has not become a ready vessel for him. He must filter so do you know what keeps me on my toes? That an apostle called Judas lost his position and never received that Holy Spirit. So me being a pastor means nothing. My duty is that can I be like Elisha? They can be every other son of the prophet. They can see too. But can I follow to the end? Can I go through all the different tests? Can I travel? Can I cross all the difficult journeys between my receiving of his spirit I tell Pastor Toby all the time I don't need money for it. every money that comes to me I sow it into him he knows it do you know why I know I can't buy the spirit with money but I can honor the spirit with my money and what I honor I will contract one day so I'm not I don't care about my temporary state what I just need is that Christ finally found a body for this generation that's all we need to find that's all so I'm watching I'm watching and I'm just seeing one day the Holy Spirit is going to come when Pastor told me say you will hear that gentle whisper but you see between now and then and it may be even longer every testing the testing that is open for everyone to see the testing that only I and God will know that's the one in the heart I must to overcome it in order for me to still be there for when the spirit comes because you see that spirit comes upon a multiple of people not an individual there's no separate entity here we're all one people the Holy Spirit will come upon us a day like this and the nation you will know there will be nothing that the nation can throw at us to stop us we too will quote the word that says that the word of God can never be changed. You can't lock up God's word. We will be carriers of God's word. So you see, I started to watch everything that's going on. 
started to see the seasons that we're in. And I said to God, and I started to watch something, and I think this is something that I've preached before, but I will touch on it for necessity's sake. And I will remind you, and I'll start off first by saying to you, ministry is not a joke. It's not a joke. It's not fun and games. It's not a joke. It's not fun and games. I can act the part today, but one day will show, surely. So when I started to look at this, I started to ask God, God, what can make me feel sure along the way? And he showed me one of the biggest tools that everyone must have, but the devil uses to cut someone's destiny short. Should I tell you what that is? Zeal. Excitement. Let's go to Numbers 3 quickly. You see, the deceitful thing about zeal is that zeal will be there and it's necessary that you have it. But zeal has a deception. And you see, do you know what this deception is? The lifespan of zeal will appear that it longs, it lasts for long. But the lifespan of zeal is very short. Many people come to church and they are on fire for a period of time. Why? Because they weren't running on the Holy Spirit. They were running on the fuel of zeal. And you know when things, you see, I was saying it with the brothers the other day. How many of you have heard that song, Assurance? Don't act like you're holy. How many of you have heard of the songs? Should I tell you why you shouldn't act like you're holy? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, I say it. Listen to me. Peter kept trying, trying to do what was required for him to do. But as far as he didn't have that spirit, he would never be able to do. When the spirit comes, he will not even try any longer. He will just do. Okay, I'll leave that. But you see, I was telling someone about the song Assurance. For me personally, that's a song I really enjoy. Goldie, you enjoy it as well, right? Where is he? Uh. <laughs> that song, uh, when I first heard it, yeah, it was like, it's like I should be married now. I should get married. Shush, shush, shush. I didn't say anything. I'm just telling you what the kind of song does. But when I first heard the song, the song was so sweet to the ears. How does it go? I don't know. I'm not going to sing it. But when the song first came, listen to me. The song without you trying will move you. But you see, when you keep listening to the song, keep listening, keep listening. Eventually, it doesn't move you as it moved you at first. That's what happens when people come to church. They receive the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. They see one, two visions. Automatically, they become a prophet. They preach and automatically they want to teach you. But what they don't understand that that's only zeal. There'll be a time that God will say, like he said on Wednesday, arise and eat. Because what you will eat is actually patience. Because the journey that God says to you is actually a long journey, not a short one. Zeal cannot carry you through it. So 
I started listening to this and I was like, God, zeal is good to start off with, but Lord, let me not be trying to run this long race with zeal. Elijah was operating by zeal. The chapter before, the chapters before 1 Kings 19, the Bible will let us know that Elijah will begin to go to the king and he will begin to say, at my word, there will be no rain. The Bible don't tell us that God told him to shut the heavens. But because he saw a place of operation, he began, he began to say things as he pleased. Now, if someone would say, okay, how do you know that was zeal? When he ran away from Jezebel and God said, what was the issue with you? What's the issue with you? He said, I've been so zealous for you. He himself confessed, I've been running on zeal, but I can't go this journey any longer. So you see what happened? Zeal for a period of time keeps you going up until sin comes. Let's go to Numbers 3-4. And Abihu had died before the Lord when they offered profane fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Okay, stop there. I want you to read that same scripture. Read it in the King James Version. Quickly. And Nahab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Okay, stop there. Let me give you a brief background about Nadab and Abihu. These two were sons of Aaron. The lines has fallen onto them that they will be priests, that they will serve all their life before the Lord at his altar. They will offer sacrifices before him. But you see, what happened here was that if we read Leviticus verse, um, chapter 6, verse 12, 13 and onwards, the Bible says that God brought down fire from heaven and then he instructed the, the priest, don't let this fire go out. I started this fire, but it is your responsibility to keep it going. But the Bible says here that Nadab and, Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire. In other words, God looked down on what, he was, what they were offering to him and said, the means by which you're offering this to me is strange to me. It's not from me. You know, strange fire in this context can actually mean, can actually represent a number of things. You know, someone can be preaching I was telling Pastor BK yesterday, someone can be preaching and they were preaching and what they're saying sounds so beautiful. It's piercing your heart. Up until you, now we're not the ones to discern, but I'm just saying, up until you, God shows you, I don't want to say God shows you, but up until God sees their heart, let me just put it like that, you realize that they're saying all the right thing. They're offering sacrifices as you should but not using the right fire. Listen to me, guys. There's only one fire. You see this fire that he's talking about here? The fire that um, in Leviticus that God said that I have sent. This fire, its origin is not earthly. It's not carnal. Its origin is heavenly. It comes from God. Now, why do I say all of this? The fire that 
many of us use to offer the sacrifice that God asks of us is excitement. This fire is sometimes called zeal. The problem with this is that priests, who was, was, it was their duty to offer sacrifices, they died not outside, they died before the Lord. So you will see that there were many people sitting in the house of God, but no life in them. Why? The worship they offer is out of excitement. Oh, they sang, um, 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 open the floodgates. They, they sang songs that is pleasing to the ears. It wasn't something that generated from the spirit. The only fire that came down from heaven on earth was the Holy Spirit. That's the only fire. Are you here with me? The only fire that came down that priests asked to use to offer sacrifices unto God is the Holy Spirit. That's the only fire. That's the only fire that came down from heaven and God said, as far as the body is available, that fire of the Holy Spirit will keep on burning. So the way to keep that fire burning is keep presenting bodies on the altar. Keep presenting lives. That's why we were saying in Spac City, we cannot relent with soul winning. Because the more bodies we present before the altar, the more that fire of the Holy Spirit will keep burning. And Pastor Toby told us the other day, what keeps the church going? Who was the church handed to when Christ left? The Holy Spirit. If there's no body, the Spirit will begin to dwindle. That's why there's 2,000 arenas, there's big churches. But there's no move of the Holy Spirit because there's no more souls coming to the house. No more. But, you see, we're looking at this and the reason why I've shown you this, this is not where I'm going. Time is going. I'm going to share something with you for a very brief moment. But it is intentional that I'm, contrary to how we've been moving, everyone has been jumping up and down, excited. And I've seen this before. Excitement doesn't keep people going. So I'm not going to entertain your zeal tonight. But I'm going to speak and I want us to consider certain characters in, Bible, in the Bible that will, able, that will make us able to keep doing this journey. Are you here with me, guys? Pastor only said yesterday that there was only two men that God created. When he said that, I was talking to Elohim before. And Elohim was saying, you know, like when he said that, his eyes just opened. You know, I've said it to you before. When Pastor only starts preaching, you're not going to ask me to preach anymore. That's the truth. But I want us to take that into consideration. That only two men were created by God. Which lets me ask the question, everyone else I see in scripture, who are they? Are they not men? I started to ask that question and I realized something came to my heart. You know when you do look into the Bible, God is not a gossiper, right? Yes or no, is he a gossiper? So Bible is not for us to point fingers at other people's lives. I've shared it before that the Bible is actually meant to reflect your heart. When you look at the Bible, you're meant to see yourself. On that note, I started to consider that maybe the people we see in scripture, in scripture are not just men, they're characters of people we can possibly be like. So should I 
I can never relate myself to Judas. So say there's a Charles. Say, say, say Charles is walking with Pastor Toby for a period of time. Should he try to betray God or betray Pastor Toby, he has taken up the character of Judas. I think the Bible is full of characters that we can possibly be like. For that reason, we are able to keep ourselves in line to who we should be like because if we say that we will take on the character of David we already saw the end of David so I would therefore know my end okay put that to the side so (laughs) the Bible lets us know and I started to consider Pastor Toby I'm looking at the season that we're in when I knew that I'll be speaking tonight I started to ask God and it's something that I've been it's been on my heart for a while But in order for me to stay in tune with this season, I'm asking God consistently, show me where we are currently at in the Bible. So there will be Moses that will lead a generation, came out of nowhere, so to speak. But his successors or the people that will carry the work after him are two people that we usually hear of. Would you like to say the names? Do you read your Bible? Are you sure? We can't take the nation without the word. Excitement cannot take the nation. So we need the word. We hear of Joshua and Caleb. I want us to consider for just a short moment these two characters. Because really, if Moses, you know, I was listening to a message and I always used to think that Moses never entered the promised land. But from what I heard the other day, Moses did enter the promised land. He just couldn't cross over to the other side. Cool. So you see, the person that was given the vision will always see that which was told. Again, I keep saying, today I'm not speaking to everyone because Pastor Toby keeps saying to us, God does not move with a crowd. He moves with a few people. I'll let you know why whenever God's word is being spoken, you should not look at the person as an individual. You should discern and see the word of God. Not the individual. So, I want us to consider Caleb for a moment. Because for some reason, whenever we look at this guy's life, we automatically associate him with Joshua now when we start to look at the scriptures because it was only the other day we dis- I discovered this when you start to look at the scriptures Joshua and Caleb had nothing in common so to speak they weren't boys they didn't come together what made them one was the spirit they carried Not that they held hands together and walked a journey together. In fact, they were very, very individual to themselves. I want us to go to Joshua 14. Let's read that story quickly. Joshua 14. It is intentional. Listen to me. It is intentional. I'm going to wrap up here and I'm just going to repeat one thing. If we take this one thing... You will see that you will be a person. We will be a people fit to take a nation. 
So before we go into the story, let me give you a backstory. We're going to read this chapter, but I want us to read through it quickly. Joshua and Caleb, but when we look at the life of Caleb, there was a time, I believe, in Numbers 13 or so, that Moses received an instruction. He called the 12 tribes of Israel and he asked for a spy to represent each tribe, which was therefore 12 spies sent into the land of Canaan to spy. Listen to this though. Caleb was amongst these 12. Joshua was also amongst this 12. But what happened was that the story as we know it, they went into the land and as they went into the land, 10 reports came back that melted the heart of the people, made the people fearful, made the people to walk by sight rather than faith. As far as they will walk by sight, they can never take a nation. In fact, they will die wandering. I'll explain. So what happened now was that Moses had given an instruction. They had gone. Twelve of them had come with their reports. Ten of them were negative. Two was correct. The reason why ten of, them, um, ten of the reports were bad was because in that land... At that moment, the land that God said that he had given to the children of Israel, what I'm saying to you guys, please hear me. I'm not going to repeat it for too long. It's not big revelation. It will make you someone that can take a nation. I promise you. The 10 people came back, gave bad reports. Although God had already said that I have given this land to you, they didn't believe it because they saw giants in that land. Let me just say this, every covenant person will definitely have to face a giant at one point in order to take a position that is for you. I'll repeat myself because people are just saying, yes sir, you're not hearing. Every covenant person will have to face a giant at some point in order to take a position that is theirs. David had to come and his brothers were there people that looked like soldiers but when the problem was bigger than their own capacity David the small boy came and had to kill a Goliath in order to start his journey into kingship the Bible lets us know that Caleb went into that land and he took, he went into the land, possessed that land, and he overthrew, he basically got rid of the three giants that were there. I won't go into that. But the point that I want you to pay attention to is the mannerisms of how Caleb will begin to speak when he recalls this story. So what we're about to read in Joshua 14 is a story of Joshua reminding, um, Caleb reminding Joshua of the promises that God had spoken over him because he chose to fully obey God. You will understand in a moment. I want us to quickly, as quickly as possible in the New King James Version, let's read from verse, okay, start from verse one. No, start from verse six. Let's read from verse six for much time. All of this tonight is gonna lead us to a 
just one prayer that's what it's going to lead us to i hope you're not put as, uh, you're not like discouraged because there's not a lot of jumping and shouting i hope you're not discouraged because zeal doesn't take a nation the word takes a nation my rising is if i am holding on to what is rising the only thing that's been lifted up is the word of god Pastor Oni cleared us yesterday saying that the snake had to be lifted up. It was symbolic of the word of God, Jesus Christ. If he be lifted up, all men will be drawn to him. So if I attach to he who is being lifted up, all men will also be drawn to me. Yes or no? Read from verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know the words which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God so Moses swore on that day saying surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God okay before we carry on go back to verse 6 yes, sir. because it's either that Caleb had an issue and he was an arrogant guy or he was a cocky guy or he was very deliberate about oak the bible says and for those that how you know that this is very perfect to us now is the backstory of Caleb when 12 spies were sent out Caleb represented the tribe of Judah and we already know this is not like revelation we know bible that judah means praise yes or no so praise had to send forth someone to bring back a report to take over listen to me so the bible says i'm not going to try and say those names but it says you know the word which the lord said to moses the man of god concerning you and me in wherever verse 7 I was 40 years of age when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me the question is Numbers 13 tells us that 12 people were sent not just him are you here the Bible says listen to the words because we already know that Bible which is inspired by the Holy Spirit cannot make a mistake if the Bible was to say that Caleb was reminding Joshua of what happened 45 years ago that now that we have come to the land that I am to occupy do you not remember what Moses said to me Moses sent me on a journey he didn't send 12 oh you're not listening to me okay I'll help you I will help you you know, you will look at the life of Caleb and think Caleb just popped out of nowhere. Do you know what's the problem with many of us? We think that people who rise to positions, 
just come out of nowhere. We think it's a sudden rising. You don't know that there's a backstory. You know God will never bring someone to the stage that has not gone through a hard training. I hope you do know that before someone starts their reign as a leader, there is a lifetime of service that they've gone through. So you see, God is not someone that plays around. The ones he chooses are very deliberate. But you see, us as young people, many a times, we don't see the backstory of the ones standing on stage. Even in the world, you just see people who just became stars until you dig deep and find out their story, their hustle. God will not bring anyone into position to take a nation if you have not gone through hard training. Because if the word of God must be tried, every individual will be tried. That's why I say to myself and I remind myself, I don't care if I'm a pastor. I know that even my pastoral title is a training for something yet ahead of me. So you see, Caleb, listen to me because I've got a very short time and I need you to hear me. Caleb was in a sudden rising. Caleb wasn't someone that came out of the blue. What God speaks to us through the scripture is that I need you to take your days of training seriously. That's what he's saying to us. What we're doing today, if we call a meeting, if we're meeting here today in Peckham and we say we're calling a meeting next week in Battersea, we need nothing less than the people we see here. Because you must take Oh, there was something that Caleb did though. He's not a dunce, you know. He's not an idiot. The words he says are very deliberate. Knowing that he was sent 12 of them, he made sure he made the remark that Moses sent me. Problem. Okay, this is the problem. There will be a public word spoken. And that when the public word is spoken it hangs looking for an individual that will take that word personally if that person takes the word personally the word begins to work for them let me tell you the backstory of the 12 spies all 10 of them other than Joshua and Caleb were killed by God because they bought something they didn't take the word spoken personally. And so I understand we can be in church tonight speaking. And the word can bypass some people. You know, do you know who it bypasses? The people that think that I just need to show up in church, which makes me feel like I've shown my face before God. And you see those people, you see them in the corner sleeping. These people don't understand that the word sent was looking for someone that would take it personally. Someone that would say that I take personal responsibility. That if Pastor Toby says that young people would take the nation. I'm not looking for young people. I'm looking for Onyeka. That word wasn't for people. It was for me. You're not hearing me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me. I don't know who the other 10 were. But I was sent. Those people were probably my entourage. They were people that were with me. They weren't people sent on assignment. The word wasn't for them. No, God just needed a crowd so that the word can look better. 
You know, Christ, you can imagine the word of God walking with men around him. It just made him look even more important. It doesn't mean that the people following were that important. That's why there's sometimes some people can fall away. The crowd can fall away. Because they are not important themselves. Unless they take Christ personally. God will never take you seriously. Or put you in a position that is serious. Until your walk with God becomes personal. Who will think, am I then speaking that everyone should do their individual thing? No. But what I'm trying to say here is that my communal gathering, this fellowship, can only happen when there are a bunch of individuals who are on a personal pursuit of God. Do you know why? If Pastor Alex is having a personal pursuit for God, and I'm having a personal pursuit for God, we will eventually meet at some point. Because we're both pursuing the same thing. So you see, people, people fall short. Because when God's word comes, they're only excited. They only jump up. They only shout. But they're not sitting there saying, God, God, I don't care about these ones. This word's for me. Because you need someone to perfect your word. So the Bible says that, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. One thing I love about Caleb for a period of time let me be honest with you because you see again I tell you ministry is not a joke when, when Pastor Toby first said you guys are going to pastor your own church you know fear tried to grip me I'm being honest with you fear tried to grip me I was thinking uh-uh. after what Pastor Toby Pastor Toby will come and speak about timelessness what am I going to say every Sunday do you know I'll just be saying Jesus is Lord that's all I'll say because I know that one is safe but listen, so, so I brought back word to him. So Caleb was somebody. Oh, you see, the, the, Caleb was somebody that he didn't care that he saw giants. He took what God said to him, hid it in his heart. That was the only end story to that situation. So you see, if I didn't have God's promise, when I see a giant, I'm going to be scared because he's bigger than me. He, he, he's better than me. He's stronger than me. He can take me over. But if God, so that's why, have you realized we may not have started experiencing trials yet, but PT or God through PT will begin to speak about trials. Why? Because at the beginning of a journey, you are to eat. You missed it. Elijah had to eat before his journey. So what will sustain me, I told you this all the time, what will sustain me is the words I'm taking seriously now. Because right now it's just a big revelation until the trial comes. But you see, if I took that word in that season, when the trial comes, I will be like Christ in the wilderness. Who would say, the devil will come to him and say, turn this stone into bread. But automatically, a word will rise in his spirit that will be the answer to that situation. The reason why people fall in temptation was because when the angel, the messenger, told them to eat, they were sleeping. Okay. That's why you still fall in sin. Verse 8. Verse 8, quickly. Nevertheless, my brethren, 
who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Carry on. So Moses swore that day, saying, Surely the land where your thoughts have struggled shall be your inheritance and your children's Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Okay, so the word can come to everyone as a, uh, as a public declaration, a public instruction. Only the one that follows the Lord wholly. My situation isn't as it seems. My situation is what God says of that situation. If I'll follow the Lord wholly. You see, Caleb, yeah, I, I read this and I was thinking, this guy is a cocky guy. Because he knew 12 men were sent. And he only made reference to himself. He said, you're four. So the other 11, well, Joshua had the same. So, you see... I'm just trying to do this quickly because of time. But you see, Joshua and Caleb, let me tell you today, the only reason why their names go together is because they had the same spirit. It wasn't because they agreed with each other. You will never see in scripture that they had the personal boy moment. You will only hear that Caleb came, gave the report, and Joshua said that was the same thing I was going to say. Their spirit communicated the same thing. You see, when we preach here, there are some people that when the word is coming forth, it's stirring you. Why? Because you have the same spirit. The others are making noise. Their noise will drown out eventually. They will disappear. And only people that says, Lord, let your word come. My sustaining power is your word, not my zeal, not my shouting, not my position. Is if I can take God's word seriously, personally, if I can make it mine, if I can condition the word for me, it might sound selfish, but no, Spat Nation, now I understand why PT couldn't just mingle with anybody, because he's looking for someone that has the same spirit. This is not something I can tell you to do. The spirit must have provoked you already. That's how we'll take the nation. So, you see, me and the brothers, why I say that none of us, no one is inferior. I don't care how much you call me pastor. I will still banter with you like a brother. Me and you are the same. Because in a nation, I say this all the time, there's only one man. No, every nation started off as one man, separated into many of that man, to eventually become one man again. So Israel started off as Jacob, one man. Then he had children and it became a nation of over 3 million people. But they will become one man again in Christ. In fulfillment. In grace. In the spirit of God. Let's see if we can run through the scripture quickly. Let's see. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke these words to Moses, while Israel wandered in the So strength is not necessarily age. It's the words that you carried. Shall I tell you something? Everyone in David's camp must be strong. Because they feed from the same bowl. So I'm not stronger than you. We all have the same word. If I take that word, our strength will be equal to each other. No one can be weak in David's camp. Everyone must be supplied with the sword. 
Pastor Oni said it. I was listening to him on Saturday. And he said that the sword that David took, you know, David was another man that heard a public declaration and made it personal to himself. Saul would say that the man that kills this guy, here's your reward. All the soldiers were standing. They, they were looking, who's going to take it? I'm not going forth because they were looking by sight, not hearing the promise of God. They stood looking at each other and David had to come, break the ranks and say, how can this guy be speaking against my God? He made it personal. So you see, he killed Goliath and ended up taking Goliath's sword. Pastor Oni said something and he said that the sword is the size of a man. So the weapon that we'll use to fight this world is actually the man that we took from him. So, so my weapon against the world is the soul that I brought to Christ. Because you see, that sword killed carnality, killed Goliath and was brought back to the temple. So when I go out there and I take um, PK, so it wasn't me that took PK, but someone took a PK. They took the sword of Goliath, used the same sword to destroy him, brought him to the temple. Anytime a war will rise up again, I'll call that sword into action again. Uh, okay, so carry on. Let's try and read this quickly. I want to read the whole chapter quickly. Mm. Now therefore, champion of that time so you see people used to laugh when we used to say city of David what they didn't know was that we believed that we were the small meek silly looking weak ones called David but if you read chronicles or so the bible will let us know that when David took the stronghold of another man it got renamed to him when we take the nation, I believe it's a time that London won't be called London. I think it'll be called SPAC one day, you know. Because the government will be upon his shoulders, the word of God. We will dictate what will happen in this land. I'm going to ask you to rise on your feet quickly. There's one prayer I want to lead you in. Not even lead you, I can't provoke you to pray. But what I want you to pray is maybe God has spoken this word and now he's looking for an individual that will take it personally. That individual may not be at the front right now. You may be at the backside. Do you know who, who else took God's word personally in the New Testament? 
poor. Are you here with me? Poor. You know, there's a time that the Bible says that Paul said that, listen, this dispensation of the gospel has been committed to me. This guy was cocky. Wasn't there other apostles? Guys, are you here with me? Wasn't there other people called by Christ? Called by God? But he said, no, this dispensation of the gospel was committed to me. Woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. He made it personal. So we will understand why he had the revelation, the influence like he did. I want you to open up your mouth in a moment. And you're going to begin to pray. And you're saying, Lord, I take on the character of Caleb. He's not a man. He's a character that you can take on. That, you know, Pastor Toby can send us, Moses can send us, saying, go and take the nations. But it may look so scary because you're small in size to them. You may look like you have no money compared to some of the banks or so right now. But if you come in the name of the Lord, like Caleb did, like David did, you will only just take off his head. I want you to open up your mouth. We haven't got time, but I want you to pray. And you're saying, Lord, you see the word you're speaking to me. I don't care if I'm a pastor, a minister, an evangelist. This word is personal. I take it. I don't care about the neighbor next to me. This word is for me. Lord, I take personal responsibility. That if your servant, our Moses of this time, if he can say, go and take the nations, I will not look at the giants that are currently occupying this nation, but I will take the words that was given to me and I will run by that word. I will wholly trust. I will wholly follow the Lord, my God. My relationship with God tonight, I take it personally. Lord, no word will escape my hearing again. No word will escape me again. Oh Lord, my title, my position, what people say of me, will not hinder me from taking this word tonight. That if I can take the nation, it will be if the word of God Open up your mouth and pray. Open up your mouth and pray. We've only got two minutes for this. I need you to open up your mouth and pray. Quiet, join me on stage. Open up your mouth and pray. Say, Lord, I take this word personally. This word you have spoken. It's not for my neighbor. It's for me. Everyone that God will join together in this season. City and if city of David will be joined together, it's because they are a group of people, a group of individuals that has a personal pursuit of God Almighty. Open your mouth and pray that whosoever that God will join together, no man will put asunder. This day I declare. Over the words of Moses, 